So uh, in this message, we've been recognising that if we will be rooted and grounded in his love and be those ones that comprehend all the dimensions of God's love, we'll get to go to another level. And what that level looks like is being filled with the fullness of God. We become carriers of his presence when we are all in. What's so precious about that is others recognise when we're walking in the fullness of God. You know, we certainly know it, but others recognise it as well. It's very attractive. It's very, very much a favour uh, that we can walk in when we're walking in the love of God, as we should. You know, uh, uh, God's presence is then experienced not just by us. And understand, you know, his presence has to do with his glory, is that we will affect others with the love of God. Um, and let's consider, how can we affect others with a message of God's love if we're not walking in the fullness of it ourselves. How can we hope to? You know, how can we, how can we expect to have a rant and a rave with someone, all right, and then the next day go back to telling someone about how much God loves them when that's not the experience that that person that we were dealing with the other day experienced from us? Can I get an amen? Yeah. So, you know, walking in the fullness of God is so important. Walking uh, 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 in, the, in the fullness for ourselves is, is so critical. Um, loving God and loving others the same way that he loves us. And how does he, you know, when we, I've found that, that when I've made a mistake, he doesn't rant and rave with me. You know, I've felt his hot displeasure, I must admit, and uh, usually that's been because of an attitude I've held towards someone. And I've felt that displeasure and it's like he wants me to pull back from that place very quickly. And, um, and again, you learn from those experiences, those moments, those quiet times where the Lord deals with you about an attitude that you're holding toward a person. Wow. It's true. And God wants to walk with us that way. He's working in our lives. We're being sanctified as we go, separated to more of him. Amen. So Ephesians, uh, let's again consider what uh, the Apostle Paul uh, was saying in Ephesians chapter 3, 14 to 19. He says, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. We're talking about connection. We're talking about spiritual relationship. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height. Those are those dimensions. In other words, you know, God's love has many dimensions to it. And may be able to comprehend with all the saints which is the width, the length, the depth and the height to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. I don't know about you, but I'm in. How about you? Are you in? You know, all the fullness of God. I want to be filled with all the fullness of God. And, uh, and, and what's exciting is when others experience that. Not just I experience that, but when others around me experience that. Uh, have you remember um, Colleen? 
Uh, Colleen uh, uh, Gimby was uh, part of the church here uh, for many years, and uh, many will remember her. I'm getting a few nods. Um, when we were down in Perth, we first got down there, uh, the, I think the first week, her mother passed away and, um, and asked, uh, and Colleen made uh, contact and asked if I would conduct the funeral. And, and so, uh, so I was very happy to, uh, you know, be used and, and uh, be available for that. And, of course, the one thing that I realised as I sat and listened, I was, so I got the service ready and conducted the service. And the one thing that I, I would have to say about Colin, Colleen Gimby's mum was she was loved. She was loved uh, totally. And all the eulogies just that continually came up really identified a woman that was well-loved because she loved other people and was very generous and kind to people. It was a beautiful thing, beautiful thing to just have that realisation. Not knowing her myself, I think maybe met her once in a visit up here um, uh, in Broome when she came up to see Colleen. But what a beautiful little uh, uh, service it was. And to have the family get up and just give eulogies and not have a dry eye in the place as they talked about how lovely she was and, and what a, a beautiful person she was. But you know what? She was a believer. And that's what made the difference. You know, she's had that, that connection to the Father's heart. You know, our participation in the fullness of God is of the highest importance for reaching the lost. Otherwise, we're caught doing it with our own technology. We're, you know, nothing wrong using, you know, what skills you have. But what we want to do is we want to do it by the Spirit. We want to do it in the fullness of God. And, um, you know, we're living in a time of a generation that does not want the pie in the sky. We're living in a time and a generation where they're looking for authenticity. They're looking for the real deal. They're looking for the steak on the plate. Can you get, you know, you know what I'm talking about this morning? And, you know, so we, we need to be more than religious. We need to be more than just devoted. We need to have the reality of the fullness of God in operation in our lives. And I'm telling you now, it comes through, first of all, accepting the love of God that he has for us and then living out of that same love toward others. And um, we saw last week, and you can download the message from the, uh, from the website, Jesus was asked, which was the greatest commandment? And uh, Jesus had a great answer. In Matthew chapter 22 and verse 37, it says, uh, to 40, it says, Love the Lord, Jesus declared, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. Now, you can do that at home. You can do that in your car. You can do that in the shower. You can do that wherever you like. You love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And verse 13, 39, Jesus said, and the second is like it, love your neighbour as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. What we've been seeing uh, is that loving God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind comes down to your relationship with his word. And uh, for those that are new to the message, you might want to just write down and check out uh, John 14, verse 23. God the Father wants to make his home with us, in us. That's the fullness of God, where the Lord's just habitating us, working through us. We know the sequence. We've talked about it. We've, we've uh, uh, ministered on this previously. Prayer, 
presence, power. It's a sequence. Prayer, that our communication with him is based on his word. We relate to God not through books written by men, but by the very word of God given to us. What was it? Uh, we were talking about it before, Adrian. The TV guide of life, as Pastor Margaret calls it, you know. You want to know what's on? You go to the guide. Um, someone called it the basic instructions before leaving earth. B-I-B-L-E. Basic instructions before leaving earth. This is where we go uh, uh, for uh, guidelines on our relationship with the Lord, how he speaks into our life. Invariably, he speaks through his word. Amen? And, uh, and of course, uh, says things through us that we can expect to be confirmed by the word. In other words, he's never going to con contradict his own word. The fact that he's still speaking today. And that's so good because we, we've got something that we can lock into and know that he'll never compromise on his own word that he's, he's already spoken to us. Amen. Number two, his presence follows our connection to the word of God in prayer. Jesus said in John 14 and verse 23, If any man love me, he will keep my word and my Father and I will make our home with you. That's a great one to just write down somewhere. If any man love me, he will keep my word as a test of your love for the Lord. What are you doing with his word? Because he says, I'll keep my word. And my Father and I will make our home with you. That's his presence. That's the fullness. That's his glory and operation. Of course, the power is the fullness of God in us. And it can flow from out of us in whatever way the Lord wants. Amen. Imagine just how powerful it is when you get around people and you've got that realisation that you're walking in the fullness of God and what God wants to do in people's lives is entirely up to him, jumping out of you in a way that brings a manifestation to them. What is it? Well, the second great commandment uh, is uh, uh, the second part of this message and I, I really want us just to uh, uh, grab a hold of that. It's, uh, you know, love your neighbour as yourself. It was a commandment that was designed under the Old Testament to govern our behaviour toward others. Church unity has this commandment for a foundation. We talk about church unity, and we often do. We talk about uh, 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 operating by the disciplines of harmony and, uh, and how we build church unity by that. But um, does the commandment have another popular name? Anybody? Uh, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Does someone know what the other name of that is? Popularly? Popular? The golden rule? Exactly. Who's heard of the golden rule? We don't often hear it much spoken about in society anymore. The golden rule. But you know, the golden rule is very much uh, uh, something that secular society grabbed a hold of and said, this is good, this is important. That we do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Question. Do you like it when someone talks about you behind your back? Badly. No one's saying yes. And uh, I, I think I got one nod saying no. But I tell you what, that's what we're talking about. Doing unto others as you would have them do unto you. And, uh, you know, we, we have to watch and see that what the scriptures are telling us. It's important that we understand it. And fortunately, Jesus taught on it and gave examples. Can someone think of a parable that covers this well? 
doing unto others as you would have them do unto you. Can someone think of a parable? The Good Samaritan, that's exactly right. The parable of the Good Samaritan, Luke chapter 10 and verse uh, 25. It says there, one day an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. And I think Jesus just decided to entertain him. He was there. The questions he was asking were there to test Jesus. And he says, uh, teacher, he asked, what must I do to in inherit eternal life? And Jesus answered, what is written in the law? And Jesus replied, how do you read it? And he answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbour as yourself. Verse 28, you have answered correctly, Jesus said, do this and you will live. Verse 29, but wanting to justify himself, he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbour? Well, it's a good question, isn't it? Who is your neighbour? Good question. We, we can limit it to those that live next door. Um, in our society, we speak of a neighbour as not the person two streets over, but really the family next door, don't we? Even the ones that play loud music, uh, that's our neighbour, isn't it? And um, notice that Jesus' concept of who our neighbour is, is anyone you happen upon uh, that's in need. All right, let's just read on Luke chapter 10 and verse 30. And Jesus took up this question and said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho where he fell into the hands of robbers. They stripped him, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down the same road, but when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. And so too, when a Levite came to that spot and saw him, he passed by on the other side. And you can see that this parable describes three types of people that we see in the world. Okay, Group number one is the robbers of this world. And I'll tell you what their motto is. The robbers of the world only have one motto. And this is their motto. What's yours is mine. And I'll take it. And they'll take it as quickly as they can, no matter what way they... And in this particular case, uh, uh, they beat him up and, you know, they basically mugged him and took what was his. Left him, uh, left him from dead on the side of the road. In this day and age, more commonly, the robber takes what they take by deception. All right? And, uh, and of course, what I'm talking about is the internet. I was just looking at some statistics around the internet and what, what's happening in cybercrime. Uh, the cybercrime rate in Australia in the last 12 uh, uh, months is 30% of all people experience some form of cybercrime. It's incredible, isn't it? Robbers. Uh, what's yours is mine, is really what the robber is saying. And they'll come after it, they'll deceive you. Uh, uh, lie, etc., etc. How? Just, I'm just interested to get a bit of a show of hands today. Out of all of those that are here this morning, how many have you have you have received a call from Telstra, okay, saying that there's something wrong with your internet, and they're there to help you fix it? Can I just get a little show of hands? Look at this. 
Yes. Or from the, you know. So, so there's just one, that was a Telstra one, and of course they ring up and they say, look, there's a problem with your internet. And I usually entertain them for a little while and keep them talking, and I eventually uh, talk about, well, it might have been my elderly parents, you know, my elderly parents have got a little bit of a thing uh, uh, with playing with my computer, and, uh, and sometimes they get on, they don't know what they're doing, they might have messed it up, and that sort of just strings them along a little while. And then uh, I get to the point where I'm saying, well, anyway, but well, at least my parents like what I do for a job. And they're listening and I say, do your parents like what you do for a job? <laughs> and usually there's a stunned silence uh, when, you, when you ask them that. Do your parents like what you do for a job? My parents like what I do for a job. How about you? Stunned silence and you can just tell. And some of them, I've had them abuse me. I've um, uh, had them actually confess their sin, say, I'm so sorry, and uh, I really want to be doing something else, but I can't find another kind of work. And I say to them, look, find another job. Let your parents be proud of you. And, um, but this is the problem. Over, this is the statistic on this. Over 30% of Australians have been victims of online fraud and scams over the past year. This is current stats. Additionally, a recent survey concluded 47% of respondents experienced at least one cybercrime in the past 12 months, and nearly half of all victims reported experiencing more than one type of cybercrime. So I could talk about other ones. I mean, even yesterday, as I, was, as I was studying the word and going through this, I received an email which I knew to be uh, a scam email. And the idea was, was that I actually hit the button and say, yes, I've got a problem. And, uh, and of course, that would probably download. So I encourage you, uh, in this day and age, you have to have good virusware on your computer. Don't go cheap on your virusware. Johnson, those of you that know Johnson, he was very particular in my latest new computer to buy us a, uh, a license, an uh, antivirus license that was more expensive than I've ever paid before. And he said, it's worth it, Dad. And, uh, and, and when I say more expensive, it's you know, way more expensive than I've paid before, probably two times more expensive. And, uh, and it's worth it because it's sitting there in the background stopping those viruses from getting into your computer and actually uh, are finding out information that they can then use to rob you. So I say all that to say this, buy, but make sure you don't buy uh, cheap antivirusware. And I add increasingly, and I'll just say this too, because I've been thinking about uh, uh, saying about something along these lines for a while now. The, over the last 12 months, there's a, a, an event in computing is called artificial intelligence. Who's, who's been hearing about artificial intelligence? It's, be, it's become a very, very sinister way for people uh, to be deceived. And uh, I say this even... Uh, without having had the conversation, we've talked often about uh, streaming online here, uh, Victory Life Broom. But it's very possible uh, to use AI to get someone's face downloaded from the internet saying things that they never said and sound just like them. They could listen to 10 podcasts that we or, or, or sermons, get my voice and have me saying, look, I'm stuck in a hotel in, um, um, in Bali and I've been robbed, please send money. And you'll think it's me. How bad is that? 
that's the level of software that's becoming increasingly um, available to, you know, even people who, who aren't really cyber experts. So, uh, and I've seen that just recently also. I saw a post and it was someone saying something politically or something that, you know, you wouldn't want, you wouldn't expect them to say and they were saying it and you could only just detect by looking at their mouth that it was actually dubbed. And, uh, and this is what artificial intelligence is, is making available. So, I say to you, the first type of uh, uh, people that came across that, uh, that, that Samaritan, um, I should say, came across that guy that had been beaten up in the street and mugged, was this, this group. And they're out there. And, uh, and many of us are experiencing them. Any type of theft is never God's love at work. Okay, say it again. Any type of theft is never God's love at work. And uh, Ephesians 4 verse 28 says, Let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labour, working with his hands what is good. What for? Why would, he, why would he need to work? That he may have something to give him who has need. The reason the Lord has us working is definitely the great Australian dream to own a home one day maybe and, and not be in debt and all those kind of things. Nothing wrong with that. But notice that the purpose for working is so that we might have something to give, that we might be givers. And as um, Mark Hankins says, if you get addicted to giving, the Lord will support your habit. Amen. Uh, the second group is mentioned here as well, which is the Levite and the priest. Their motto is also, they have a motto. Their motto is, what's mine is mine. They're going to keep what they've got, not necessarily interested in sharing. And they have to watch out for that. We have to watch out that, that, that we're generous just to our family, but everybody else are just strangers. We need to look for those opportunities to be giving and uh, be a blessing to others. Uh, they didn't want the inconvenience of caring for a guy who had been robbed and beaten up. You know, they're the stingy ones. They won't help, they won't share, they pass you by. Both crossed onto the other side of the road, the Levite and the priest. The third group have a motto as well, and that says, what's mine is yours. Ever gotten around someone who's been extremely generous? That's just a blessing to you, you know? And, uh, and, and went above and beyond uh, that call of that. And the goal of being blessed is what? It's to be a blessing, isn't it? We know that. We're blessed to be a blessing. And, uh, uh, you know, we can have it as a bumper sticker, but we need to live that. You know, we need to be that kind of people that, that live that way. And in the parable of the Good Samaritan, the hero is the one that decides to be a help to this man in his need. His decision to be a blessing is at his own expense. Okay? Now understand that the twist to the story that Jesus tells is that the hero is a Samaritan. And you can research it for yourself, but Samaritans had another religion to the Jews. Uh, and they were, as a result, largely rejected by Jews. E.g., you know, the, the example, the woman, of the, uh, the woman of Samaria at the well. She also uh, was of another uh, religion. And Jesus had no business talking to her, but what was it that was guiding him? The love of God, you know, the fullness of God that he walked in. Luke chapter 10 and verse 33 to 37. But when a Samaritan on a journey came upon him, he looked at him and had compassion. There's that nurturing heart, all right? There's that nurturing heart that um, we, we, we so need to adopt. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, 
pouring on oil and wine. Then he put him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. And verse 35, the next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper and said, take care of him, he said, and on my return I will repay you for the additional expense. Which of these three do you think was a neighbour to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The one who showed him mercy, replied the expert in the law, and then Jesus told him, go and do likewise. In other words, live that way. You know, do unto others as, as you would have them do unto you. And, you know, that's a, a, a part of the message that we really need to go on to at another time. But if I'm, a, if I'm to love my neighbour as myself, who is my neighbour? The answer is anyone we happen upon that needs us to be a blessing because that's what God's designed us all to be, is to progress to the place where we're a blessing to others. It's a call for each of us to do to others as we would hope for them to do to us. And as we come into Christ, you know, through the new birth, our motivations change. As we begin to serve the Lord, we find ourselves serving others. We begin to see that the Lord has blessed us so that we can bless others. And of course, that shift, that change occurs when we make the progression from just being a saint, as someone just separated by God, someone born again, ticket stamped, going to heaven but have been set, a, set apart by God, not just for my own well-being, but for the well-being of others. Not just here for my own will, but the will of him who loved me and died for me. And we begin to serve through love. Not for what we can gain, but because we're now expressing the Father's heart. And okay, I just say this to, to, to any women sitting here going, well, the Father's heart, and they, you know, kind of, I'm losing you sort of thing. The father's heart, get this, the father's heart is a nurturing heart. Okay? And women can have a nurturing heart. So don't ever, don't ever you know, when I say, oh, the father's heart, you know, or, or see as the father sees, that's a nurturing heart. And we all should be after it. We should all be looking to adopt it. Jesus in John 17 prays for us, for the church. It's a great prayer to study out. You could look for it, John chapter 17. It's a, it's a great, uh, great little bit of homework for you. But notice that the love that God loved Jesus with is a love that should be in us. And his presence is a result. John 17, last verse. John 17, uh, uh, 24 to 26. Look what Jesus prays to the Father just before he's about to go to the cross. Father, I desire that they... Uh, also whom you gave me may be with me wherever I am and they may behold my glory which you have given me for you love me before the foundation of the world verse 25 O righteous father the world has not known you but I have known you and these have known that you sent me and I have declared to them your name and will declare it that get this last bit that the love with which you love me may be in them and I in them. Amen. That same love that God loved Jesus with needs to be in us. And it's a nurturing love. It's a caring love. It's a love that says, 
uh, you know, I'm going to do unto others as I would have them do unto me. And, you know, I reckon that that, that golden rule needs to be back out there in the, in the sight of society. And the best way is for the church to demonstrate it. The best way is for the church to go out and live it out. Do something uncommonly kind this week. Find, find a way of expressing love to someone, you know, and, and actually use the rule. You know, if, if, if they could do that for me, you know, I'd really love that. But then you be the one to do it for them. Be the blessing, because we're called to be the blessing. Amen? I want to just, um, just before we close uh, uh, today, I want to just all of us just to stand up, and we're just going to pray just a, 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 fresh, a fresh commitment to the love of God that's not just to us. You know, it's so important that we love the Lord our God with all our heart, with our soul. Yes, please. Um, very important that we come from that angle, we come from that place in our lives, that we love the, find ways to express the love of God. But most importantly, that we walk in the love that God has for us toward others. And we won't get time to get to it. We had another half hour, I might touch on it. But that means forgiving those that sin against you as well. Amen? You know what it's like when you need to be forgiven and the person doesn't forgive you? You think of that? Well, that's not the way we should be. We should be quick to forgive when people rub our fur the wrong way, do the wrong thing by us, don't fulfil our expectations, hurt us, say the wrong thing. We need to be quick to forgive. Can I get an amen this morning? Father, we thank you today. Lord, we all stood here before you, Lord. And Lord, we thank you that it's your grace, Lord God, that by your grace that we stand before you, Lord God, because you loved us in Christ Jesus. You forgave us in Christ Jesus, Lord. And Lord, we ask today, Lord, that that same love that you love Jesus with would be in our lives. Lord, that that nurturing heart would be expressed wherever opportunity, Lord, presents. Lord, that we would be quick to step into that nurturing place, Father, to want to see others lifted up and blessed. Lord, we thank you today for the love that you showed us in Christ Jesus. Lord, you demonstrated your love for us in that uh, act upon the cross, Lord, when Jesus was allowed to die for us. Lord, we thank you that you washed our cl and cleansed us, Lord, through that and by our acceptance of that, of that one gift, Lord. Lord, we thank you for it. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And Lord, we thank you for the everlasting life. We thank you for the life that we can have in you now, the fullness of your life in the now, Lord God, that we're not waiting for it. Lord, it's available to, for us now, Lord. And Lord, we ask that in 2024 that you help us to walk in the fullness, that you help us to walk into, Lord, a greater expression of your love toward those around us, Lord. Lord, that uh, even your word declares, Lord, by this all men shall know that you are my disciples if you have loved one for another. Lord, we thank you for, for that expression of love amongst ourselves as a church. Lord, that we grow up in that. Lord God, that we get good at that, Lord, as your people. Loving one another, Father. And those that are outside the church, Lord, that we would be those expressions of, of light and salt, Father God. That we would go out amongst them, Lord, and make a difference in their lives, Lord. 
Lord, help us to see the opportunities. Help us, Father God, to, to be bold, uh, to speak, and Lord God, to act. And Lord God, to, to show your love to those around us. We ask these things today in the precious name of Jesus. And Lord, thank you that you do a work in each of our hearts, Lord. Everybody said in Jesus' name, amen, amen.